is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, continuing our series on social media alternatives. And this week, we're going to look at a social media alternative that's existed quite a bit longer than a lot of the new ones that are popping up online these days. It's Minds.com. And today we're talking to the founder of Minds.com, Bill Ottman. Bill, thanks for joining us on the program today. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. uh, Well, let's get down to brass tacks. What is Minds.com and why should people join? So Minds is an open source social networking platform where you earn crypto for your contributions to the network. And we're encrypted, um, free software. We sort of care about internet freedom on a variety of different levels and are really just trying to reward people for their energy online. I mean, it seems like we deserve that these days. It certainly does. And internet freedom, online privacy, um, a lot of these issues are why I'm prompted to be doing this series in the first place and why I think a lot of people are interested in escaping the Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube matrix of control. Uh, So let's talk about how Minds can help people do that. As I say, I I believe that Minds was founded in 2014 and then launched in 2015. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what prompted you to do that way back when, when few people were talking about these issues? Yeah, I mean, our initial launch gained some big traction around our encryption features. So um, our messenger, we have zero knowledge of the content of user conversations. And unlike well, uh, we're on Skype right now, so uh, we know that Microsoft is is scanning our messages, and uh, for a variety of reasons, Facebook, Google, they're scanning everyone's messages to target ads at you, and this is all without consent, opt in by default. And so, you know, whether it's privacy, transparency, rewards, monetization, we know that inevitably there's going to be something that rises up to be competitive with major social networks that flips all of those things on their head and you know is much more powered by the people i feel like you know if you look at what wikipedia did very community oriented um it disrupted a lot of those old you know encarta where's encarta not that Wikipedia is your best source of information. I mean, there's plenty of problems with with Wikipedia, but it proves something important. It did indeed. And I think one aspect of that is the the, the sort of decentralization and, uh, and taking away of the middlemen that have been gatekeepers of information, which I think is one of the things that social media has always, that's always been the promise of social media. Now we're starting to see what that is playing out like in the mainstream with uh, all of these social networks now trying to crack down on their users and uh, people being identified as Russian bots for spreading the wrong type of uh, political wrong think and all of this. Um, so... Let's talk about what the solutions and answers to this are. And one term or one word that you used there that I think is important was open source. What does that mean in the Minds.com context? So all of our software is free for anyone to inspect, um, share, take, sell, do whatever they want to it as long as they show their changes with the rest of the community, sort of the mandate of the GPL license and um, it's a really beautiful thing it sort of keeps sharing happening makes it so that you always have the ability to understand what the code is doing to you you know i mean people in the past 10 years have started to care about food transparency but really app transparency is going to be emerging more and maybe there'll be sections of the app store that's like the organic you know non-gmo labeled section and that's really what we're trying to bring awareness around and you know the solutions that we're offering are around reach especially so what 
Facebook's doing is strangling your reach. You used to get the ability to reach your fans. If you had a subscriber base, you could, uh, you know, get access to them when you post it. Now it's only 2% of uh, your own followers are even seeing your post. Um, even if you only have a few hundred friends on, on Facebook, then they're often not seeing your post in the news because it's not chronological. So mine is 100% chronological. We're never going to change that. Any curation is, is up to you if you want to opt into different types of feeds. And additionally, you earn tokens for your activity. So when you receive votes, shares, comments, when you make referrals, you earn these tokens, then you can use them to boost your posts for more views. Right now, a token gives you about a thousand views. You can boost out of your network. You know, that's what people want online is to reach people. So when they take that away, it's sort of antisocial. Right. Let's talk about that uh, aspect of it, because the Minds token, I think, was fairly recently introduced. It wasn't there from the beginning. So tell us about the introduction of that token, why it's necessary, and uh, how people go about exchanging it. So right now, we're still on the Ethereum Rank B testnet. So you can earn them, and they're usable on mines, but you know, off mines, they're, they're not usable. We're still going through security audits and tweaking some of the features a little bit. So if you're on there and you have suggestions, uh, definitely contact me, go into the support group, make suggestions. This is the time where the community is really molding how it's going to work. Um, but we moved to the blockchain away from our internal structure just because we wanted to take ourselves out of the equation. Um, we don't feel the need to interfere with economic relationships between users. Um, one of the cool tools that we allow is for uh, channels to target each other directly for advertising. So I could send you an offer for 100 tokens to share my post. Instead of having to go through some centralized network, we want brands to be able to directly interface. And, you know, at the end of the day, we also just applied WebTorrent to our video system. So decentralizing the video, other content, you know, we just want it out of our hands. We, The tech is still immature generally in decentralized world, but... We're just trying to make one step at a time towards putting it in the people's hands. Well, as I say, there are a lot of uh, sort of new social media alternatives popping up all, the, all seemingly every every day or every week at this point. Um, and we've talked about some of them on this program, uh, Steemit and DTube and BitChute and these types of uh, platforms. Tell us uh, a little bit how Minds compares and contrasts to some of those alternatives that are popping up. Sure. So... Steemit is more specifically a blogging platform. Uh, we have sort of more of your general social networking type features like groups and newsfeed and status posts and images and videos and this kind of stuff. We also have a way for channels to subscribe to each other with crypto on a monthly basis for different rewards, more of like a crowdfunding system. Um, and the way the voting works on Steemit is different. On Steemit, the more steam you hold, the more power you have. And the, that's how the rewards are distributed. So if you get these people with a lot of steam to vote on your stuff, then you get more rewards. On Minds, it's based on raw engagement and everyone's vote is worth the same. So we think it's a little bit more fair. I mean, I will, I'll give Steam credit. I think that, you know, they're open source, which I appreciate. I think we haven't been able to find their back end, back end code, but I think they are. And then BitChute's actually not open source. So uh, they're more just a video hosting service, and they're they're I think they're using WebTorrent as well. 
That's right. So tell us about the feedback that you've gotten from your users. Uh, what What's the response been to Minds.com? I mean, overwhelmingly positive. We did an equity crowdfunding round last year and we raised, you know, we're totally funded by our community. We raised about a million dollars from like 1,500 community members. Uh, we might be doing another one this year. And I, the weird thing is that even though, you know, we're just over a million users, people are finding it easier, especially small to medium sized creators, to gain an audience on Minds than even on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Because if you don't really have an audience on those networks, it's like you're speaking into a void and you really just <laughs> need to find some rare viral spark in order to catch a fire. And because we have this way to boost out and reach people just based on the work that you put in, um, you know, it's been a great reaction because people actually feel heard. They're not getting censored and, and all that stuff. Well, tell people who have never used Minds, and I hope they will at least go to Minds.com to take a, a look around and see what it's like. But tell people about the the sort of the the setup of it. It's, I mean, what's the closest analogy that people might be familiar with? It's not exactly, it's not a Facebook, it's not a Twitter, it's not a, a YouTube, but it's some kind of mixture of those types of platforms. What what exactly can you do on Minds? Yeah, I mean, it'll feel like some sort of weird hybrid of of all of them, really. And except you have a wallet where all of your tokens are stored and you can, there's a little lightning bolt on everybody's post so you can wire them tokens and you have a balance. And so it's just more incentivization. And I mean, the weird thing about what's happening with apps is they're all sort of coalescing into the same thing. If you look at like Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat, I mean, it's all, we're all doing the same thing. It's just the difference of what's the value structure underneath it. You know, is it based on open source philosophy? Is it transparent? Is it protecting your privacy? And Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Tumblr, all of them, they're just not. They're, none of their code's open source. We don't know what they're doing about surveillance. It's, uh, it's just totally corrupt. And so hopefully a bunch of us alternatives can sort of work together to, to rise up and, and become competitive. But it, at the end of the day, we have to do the work to getting competitive and making sure that our features are as good. And so we're getting there and yeah, I mean, hit up. I think it's important to just vote with your energy online, sign up for these networks, put the energy in, just, you know, show solidarity that matters. That helps us grow. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just symbolic to, to put your energy there and the same applies to your browser, you know, use open source browsers, use, use Firefox, use brave, uh, use open source operating systems if you if you feel like going down that rabbit hole and use Linux. It's not that hard. I mean, and, and then it's just a matter of turning your computer on. And then every time you turn your computer on, every time you open the browser, every time you hit a social network, you're empowering those networks. And that is really how the uh, network effect starts happening. Well, a very empowering message and one that I obviously resonate with. I've talked a lot about open source and its importance in the past, and I even frame the corporate report as open source intelligence news because I think this is the way forward if we are to defeat the the gatekeepers of uh, of of our current reality. But on that note, obviously censorship is one of the key issues uh, surrounding social media alternatives for at least myself and content creators like me. Um, and I realize censorship can be a, a, a lot of, there's a lot of different ways to approach it, not just 
the political censorship that we're starting to see the crackdown coming in Facebook and Twitter and these these platforms. But of course, there are also issues of pornography and other types of content that most people probably don't want to see in their social media posts and that sort of thing. So how does Minds.com deal with those issues? So if it's legal in the US, it's legal to be on Minds. And we've just taken a fairly basic approach at that. And getting wrapped up in the subjectivity, you know, on the fringe issues, we're so honestly, nudity is fine, but we have good filters in place to mark explicit content. And you don't have to see that if you don't want to. That's actually the one thing I'll give Tumblr credit for. There's they're pretty good on free speech, but it's proprietary and surveillance based. So, you know, they're not doing it exactly right. I think that when you jump over the line in terms of making these subjective decisions about within the legal world, what is not okay and what is okay, that's when it's just over. You've lost. And so, you know, there's still obviously inciting violence and, uh, you know, copyright is, is complicated, but so we have to abide by the law. But in terms of subjective feedback on, you know, if something is uh, you know, with hate speech, it's nuanced. Every piece of content is different. And so you have to make a uh, context-based individual decision on each piece of content. And that's been working well so far. And, you know, ultimately, you either want to be in a world where ideas you disagree with um, are there and you, you can engage them and the battle of ideas will take place and the best ideas will win, or you want to be in some sort of a, a walled garden. But actually we're about to release a, a white paper that shows how censorship actually amplifies violence and extremism. There's actually dozens of studies showing that when you do this, it draws more attention to these things. It actually caused radicalization to intensify. I mean, it's obvious pretty much. And it's almost like physics. It's just like a natural flow. When, when you hide something, people want to see it. It's a Streisand effect. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely part of what's going on right now. Cracking down on these certain political ideologies only makes them more sexy. Ooh, wow. There's, there must be something there. And I think that, uh, I, I don't think that the people who are running these social networks are stupid enough not to know that. So that's probably a whole other issue, but uh, it is extremely important. I mean, Reddit is an interesting example because they were obviously originally very much based on free speech. Then they went on this banning frenzy. And there was a recent statement in an AMA with their founders saying uh, one user asked, is racism okay on Reddit? And, you know, this day and age, this was like three weeks ago, the co-founder of Reddit said, yeah, it's okay. And then the media jumped on him, you know, what do you mean it's okay? And then so he had to come back and, and clarify what he meant. He said, oh, no, 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 racists are not welcome on Reddit. But he was still saying that they're allowed. So, you know, because those, those guys know, those people are well aware what happens when you ban ideas because they're dealing with trolls and they're dealing with all of this madness happening on the internet. And, and you know, they know what pisses people off and what can foster a more healthy environment. And I think that, unfortunately, they cave to the pressure to start all of these bans rather than what we're trying to do is create a much more mature, honest global conversation about how do we actually lower violence and, uh, you know, harmful extremism 
in the world, we need to, you know, look at this as a network of networks and understand what are we really doing here and, and how are we leading this conversation? All right. Well, finally, I, I always want to leave it up to the people out there if this is a social media network for them or not and to ask them to explore it. So, of course, they can go to minds.com and do that. But for people who are interested, what is the sign up process? What kind of uh, DNA, blood samples and or next of kin do they have to leave in order to get a minds.com account? Actually, nothing. And so you can be anonymous if you want to. Uh, you don't have to give us any personal information. And uh, we encourage that. There's no... if. If, if you want to, you know, you don't even need to give us a real email, to be honest, but I would encourage you to, because then we can contact you in certain ways, gives us more direct access to you, but we encrypt everybody's uh, personal information and we don't even want you to give it to us if you don't want to. <laughs> well, that's a pretty attractive uh, policy, I think, because again, people are wary about giving their personal info to corporations and other entities that they may not know about. So I, again, I hope people will at least check it out. Minds.com. This is uh, Bill Ottman. And uh, I do appreciate uh, the fact that you uh, encouraged me to get on the platform over over a year ago. It's been a while and uh, I, I do use it. I do post there. So I hope people check out the corporate report on Minds as well. And uh, if you're there, hit me up. And uh, I think we'll leave it there. Bill, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, James.